welcome back to Maritzine Sports Talk. My name is Kayla Maritzine, and I am your host, as always, of its day. I am joined by Zachary, my brother, Zachary Maritzine. How are you doing? I'm good. Excited to be here. Yeah, it should be a fun podcast. We're going to talk some fantasy football with him, as well as uh, joined by other brothers. I'm Maritzine to talk some uh, fantasy, uh, some uh, F1. Um, and maybe we could jump a little bit into NBA, though I will, of course, talk about that on the Daily Clap later today. Please be ready to check that out and check out all of the other Daily Claps here on Maritzine Sports Talk. But let's kick it off, as always, with the uh, question of the day. And the question of the day is a fantasy football question. That looms of all at all uh fantasy football uh uh draft pickers um experts everyone um thinks about this question: Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase as the second wide receiver in my eyes, of course, Cooper Cup is the number one guy, but is it Jamar Chase is it Justin Jefferson take it out yeah, I mean it's a tough question um I think Jefferson is a little bit of a safer guy, you know he's done it. For uh, one additional year more than Chase, Chase, so you just sort of know what you're getting a little bit more. Um, there's less sort of feeling out on offense. Um, obviously, Burrow and Chase played together in college as well, so there's definitely some continuity there. But Cousins and Jefferson have played two years in a row, um, so there's some of that. There's also been some talk out of Minnesota that they're transitioning towards more of a passing offense. I'm not sure I totally buy that. I think it's still going to be more of a run first, don't have Cousins throw more than 25 times a game. So that will be sort of the argument for Chase, is that the Bengals are going to be more of a high-powered, um, you know, high-powered uh, offensive team, scoring more points, just throwing the ball more. Um, I think for me, ideally, I, you know, my ideal position is just getting the guy that falls further, honestly. But if I'm in a position where I don't like any of the running backs and they're both still the and I'm picking a wide receiver... Um, Think, I think at this point I'm picking Jefferson, just because that he's just the guy in Minnesota. They really don't have anyone else. Thielen's getting old. You know, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook. They're 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 options in the passing game, but Jefferson is the guy. Um, he keeps getting better. Uh, you know, I just I can envision games where T. Higgins uh, has more points than Jamar Chase, or um, you know Boyd gets a touchdown and then Mixon runs into two touchdowns and Chase just doesn't really score. I don't envision many games where Jefferson isn't getting 10 targets a game, getting red zone targets. I think he's going to be more the consistent guy. Chase might have those 30, 35 point games where it just like wins you a week more so than Jefferson, but I'm going to go with Jefferson. Yeah, so, you know, I, I agree with you. And let me build on that, that, you know, I, I like taking these of these guys. I'm really big on wide receivers in the first time because I don't love many of the running backs. You know, I like some of them. But um, the thing about Jefferson is, you know, he, like you said, he's never really going to have that down week. Um, but uh, Chase might have more points at the end of the season, and I won't be so shocked by that. You know, but Jefferson you would rather have. Um, but it also matters how, how you build your draft around that. You know, how you think, what players you like later. You know, I like Keenan Allen and Brandon Cooks. They're two guys that are a little more consistent. Out of the, and then maybe I can take a risk on Chase that I know I have that consistent force and I won't do horrible. And you know, but if I'm going, you know, AJ Brown and a DK Metcalf, you know, one of those guys, then I'm probably going to lean toward Jefferson. So I think it does matter who you are picking. 
And I think that's that's something that's very important, knowing who you like, knowing your draft strategy. I think some people, I think, don't really focus on that, don't focus on that, but I think it's a bit because sometimes, you know, you're going to end up with Keen Allen and Brandon Cook, some mock drafts I've done, as my two wide receivers, and then it just doesn't give me upside at any given week. I'm just going to be very similar, and I'm going to be a playoff team but not a championship team. Yeah, I think that's a great point, but um, like you said, if you if you know which guys you like, but also obviously Jefferson and Chase, you're going to pick before those guys. So it's important the other way around. Say you end up with Jefferson, maybe go take a little bit more of a flyer, take that DK mm-hmm. Metcalf, that DJ again, or other way around. Say you end up with Chase, maybe try to hedge your bets a little bit, get someone a little more safe. Yes. Um. Okay. Let's move on and uh, talk some more. Uh, fantasy football um and this question this is another thing i want to talk about this packers wide receivers those the running backs we know about that um but i want to talk about the wide receivers no adams this is a completely new room um you know no scantling your brain walk-ins they still have lazard you know they now they draft watson they still have cobb they still have toyan um um, Robert Tonyan. Um, but um, Tonyan. Tonyan, yeah. Okay, Tanyan, yeah. Sorry, about. sorry. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a hard name to say. I don't know. Mix that up a couple of times. It's exactly how it's spelled. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you want to say that. Um, <laughs> but you know, they've got a lot of targets. I know who I like, and uh, we're after I talk, and we're gonna move into something else that relates to this. But I want you to talk about. Do you like any of those guys? Where they're going? Lazard earlier in the. 9th, 10th, I don't know, 11th, 12th, some leagues. Watson, you know, barely being picked, will be picked because people do like him. Um, maybe take a flyer on Cobb or Watkins or, you know, uh, Tanyan. Um, Dave, Sammy Watkins? Dave, Sammy Watkins. Oh, wow, I didn't even realize that. Um, I think this is something we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out in training camp. How it plays out in the preseason, sort of follow follow the news. Um, there's just a ton of unknown. Um, I think if one guy sort of comes to the forefront, maybe I take a flyer on him. You know, Watson is obviously appealing because he's a rookie, and that's sort of the shiny new piece. Um, but there's really just a ton of unknowns. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is still a good quarterback. I think the offense is going to struggle more than people think without Adams. So this is not an offense that I'm really targeting. Maybe. Um, it's crazy of me to doubt Aaron Rodgers, but talent of his career, um, I think it's going to be hard to sort of replicate the kind of production he's putting up when he was targeting Adams 15 times a game um, and sort of bailing him out in situations. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I think right now, if I was doing a draft now, which obviously I do not recommend anyone to do, it's 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 um, early July now. We've turned the calendar to July, but it's still too early to do any drafts. I mean, if you're doing mock drafts, sure, but... If you're doing drafts for your fantasy league, you're you're way ahead of it. But if you're doing mock drafts now, there's not any guys I'm really targeting. I'm more just watching and waiting. Um, and then as it gets close to the season, there is going to be someone who's going to be relevant to pick, right? So he's going to have to throw to someone. Who that is, I don't know yet. Yeah, I, I want to disagree with you here. Um, okay. Watson is probably my favorite player this year. If you remember two years ago, Gibson, my favorite player, rookie, last round. He rose in training camp like crazy, and he was still better than he was being picked, but he wasn't as good of a pick as I had hoped uh, when I when I started getting on, on to that, one of the first people onto that. And then, and I think similar things could happen uh, this year with, with Christian Watson. Um, 
because of the talent that I really do believe he has, uh, how he plays similar to Adams, how there is 15 targets on the table to take. Um, there's no scantling, so that's even more targets. Watkins could take that, but, you know, Lazard's been there. Why are you taking him? You know how good he is. Um, you know who he is. You know the Packers don't love him. They've never thrown to him that much. So Walton's the only guy the Packers like, and it's clearer to me that he's going to be that guy. And he's going to take, uh, by the end of that playoff run, when they make a fan, if you go into the fantasy playoffs, he will be a monster with 11, 10 targets a game. Wow, and that's a putting bold, up points, putting up pressure. top points. I think, and, you know, this is where I'm going to lean into this. We're, we're going to talk about something else about the rookie wide receivers and how I'm really interested in those. But before that, I'm going to talk about Tanya as a tight end, you know. Well, let me, let me get to your point about Watson. Okay. I don't disagree with you. I think the opportunity is there. That's, that's clear. And that they want him to make to seize that opportunity because that's what he was drafted to do. However, I'm not jumping ahead and saying I'm picking this guy yet because I want to wait and see. Like you said, Gibson, he rose in training camp. If Watson starts rising in training camp, then it's something, okay, I'm going to have to start taking notice. And you're predicting that, and hats off to you if it turns out. I'm not ready to say it's going to happen, but I do agree the, the setting and the situation is there for it to happen. Yeah, I think if you, even if I don't, you know, matters what I hear at a training camp, if they like Lazard, um, if they like Hobbs, like Watkins, you know, whatever. But, you know, unless you get really bad stuff about um, Watson, you know, I think as a late flyer in the back end, you know, last pick, you got to take a guy. And Watson's just like, he's there, he's got talent, he's a top wide receiver. Um, um, can we, if we're ready to move on, let's talk about uh, Robert Tanyan. Sure. Um, at tight end 16, I think, this year in Fantasy Pros, consensus rankings, higher, I don't know, ADP. But um, there's there's some rankings, and he's not he's not being picked around, um, you know, coming off an injury. was not great. But, you know, the thing is, when I look at this team, there is no one else who can really take touchdowns. He is going to be the main red zone guy. Of course, they're going to run a lot in the red zone. How much they get in the red zone is a question. But a late flyer, he might be the one to get the most touchdowns. And I relate him to Hunter Henry at the Titan 14, who also got nine touchdowns last season, but in a worse offense. So I'd rather take Tanyan. I'm not so into Tanyan, but I think he is a good late flyer, maybe. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. He was, you know, he was injured for a lot of last yeah. year, but he was not good when he played. He had... In eight games, he had uh, tw- only 29 targets, 18 receptions for 204 yards. That's about two catches a game. He had two touchdowns in eight games. So, I mean, look, that's bad. That's not playable. That's not even rosterable. That's that's on the waivers. Um, however, if you go back a year ago, he had 11 touchdowns. Now, the targets weren't really that much better. Last year, he had 29 targets in eight games. So that's good for 3.6 targets a game. The year before, he had 59 targets in 16 games. That's good for also 3.7 targets a game. So it's not really significantly better. The touchdowns were better and the production was better. But it wasn't really, you know, those kind of targets are not going to get the job done. Now, Adams is gone, like you said. There's targets to be had. So maybe something changes. But just the way he's been utilizing the offense in the past, um, I really think 2020 is more of an outlier than, um, you know, something that it's going to be closer to um, than it was than 2021. However, he's tight end 16. 
There's a, there's spots to fill. Aaron Rodgers is quarterback. I don't mind a flyer on him, but he's not someone. Um, if I'm waiting on tight end, if I'm not picking one of those top five guys, he's not one of those guys I'm really targeting. You know, I mean, I mean, I even like uh, Higby's going after him. I like Higby a little bit more. Irv Smith is going after him. I like Irv Smith um, for sure. I like Irv Smith definitely as a sleeper tight end. Um, and then a few guys going right before him, Gasicki, Komet, Fryermuth. I like those guys more. Uh, I'm not against taking a flyer on him, but he's definitely not someone I'm super interested in. Yeah, I think he might have. I think he's going to be a touchdown. I think he's going to get a lot of. Oh those yeah, no question. He's definitely just. It's not a question. I don't think he's going to improve in the targets. It's a bet. Is there anyone else that is going to be consistent back there? And I'm not sure there is. I think a lot of these tight ends back there are, you know, five targets a game, four targets, you know, twenty yards, thirty yards, and hopefully they get a touchdown. Um, that's that's most of the tight ends really after those top five, which is Pitts, Waller. Uh, Kittle um, in the top two, Kelsey and Andrews. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just I don't see him repeating that eleven touchdown season he had two years ago. I think if you're lucky, he has six touchdowns, which you know that's probably better than most of those tight ends in that range. So there's definitely value there. Um, I'm not picking him for that just because there's not a lot of upside there. You know, I think if you're picking in that kind of late round, you can get someone like Tanyan on the waiver wire. You're better off taking a flyer on Irv Smith, flyer on Fryer Muth or Komet. Someone who could be a little bit more than that. Also, probably not going to get as many touchdowns if we're looking at just their expectation. But someone who has a little bit more upside like that. I don't, you know, I just don't like Tynion's upside. Yeah, on the top about tight ends, I want to I bring up someone that I really, really do like at tight end in one of these later rounds. And it's not one of the guys I like earlier, which is Darren Waller. I want to talk about someone else. I would talk about Darren Waller another day. But I want to talk about Cole Komet, um, someone I'm very interested in. Um, he averages okay. five points. I thought you were going to say Anthony Ferguson, and then we were going to have some problems. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of got off that, you know, looked a little at him, uh, take a little – little detour on that, but uh, we that's we can say that topic for another day. Um, <laughs> let me break down the Titans, but um, as of now, I think I think we're, the, Falcons, yeah. the Falcons, yeah. Um, but talking about Cole Komet, um, I, he could last year he averages five point five points uh, per game. Um, not good, not good, but I could see improvement in the target share uh, with no Robinson. Um, and guess what? He had zero touchdowns last season. That is room for improvement. And, you know, I don't know how many touchdowns he scores, but he can't be a consistent fine guy without touchdowns, 8 points, 7 points, and then have that room for breakaway games, 15 game points, 14 game, you know, points games, and that's really good. And then you can really rely on him. You know, I think Komet is definitely, if he, you know, I'm not reaching on him because I don't think he's a good player to reach on. But, yeah, if he if he is there and I'm ready to take a guy and I don't have a tight end, I think he's a very good player to take. Yeah, I mean, look, he averaged, like you said, last year he averaged three and a half receptions and 36 yards a game. Now, that's not good. No. But in half PPR, that's... Um, about it's about five points. It's about five. It's a little over five points a game. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, with zero touchdowns and with some receptions opening up with Allen Robinson gone, um, maybe Justin Fields takes another step. I like this pick a lot because you're taking as if you're saying his floor was last year, right? Because I think a uh, um, 
him getting worse seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting into his third year. There's more targets available. Nothing really points to him having a worse season. So if his floor is five half PPR points a game, that's with zero touchdowns. That seems highly unlikely. And that's with Allen Robinson still in the picture. Uh, I like this pick a lot. I think if you're getting five points and then you get, you know, six touchdowns and a few more receptions, all of a sudden he's getting seven points a game with the upside of 13. And that is a really, really solid tight end in the back end. Um, I like Komet a lot as a late-round tight end. You have any other tight end you really like? Or, you know, we, we can talk about this another day. But, but I want to talk about one more tight end that I think people don't understand about. Zach Ertz. They think no DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be great. He's not great with DeAndre Hopkins. Where's DeAndre Hopkins? In the Cardinals, but he's suspended the first six games. I forgot that the Hopkins is suspended. Hopkins for what? Uh, drugs. Okay. Um, I think steroids. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Steroids. Wow. Did he appeal it? Um, I I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, he's suspended. Six totally teams, forgot so, about that. Know. That slipped under the waivers and under the. Mm-hmm. You know, and but, sort of got mixed in, in the, the offseason. The thing about Zach Ertz, they drafted a tight end in the second round, Trey McBride. It's not like they don't have a wide receiver. One, they took Marquise Brown. Now now Marquise Brown replaced DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, he doesn't replace DeAndre Hopkins. But Trey McBride takes Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is no better than he was last season. He's not the tight end 10. And I think that's it. And, you know, you don't take Zach Ertz. That's one of my players. You know, I'm like, why is he Why is he up here? What is your reason for that? That's one of – what is the reason for that in fantasy pros? Um, you have anything to say about that or anything else, anyone else you want to bring up? Um, yeah, I – I agree with you there. I, I don't love Ertz and his upside. I mean, he was solid last year. He had a decent amount of touchdowns. I, I don't have the stats pulled up. Um, let me see if I can pull them up now. Um, you know, some of this is with the Eagles, so I can't tell entirely. But he had five touchdowns last year, um, 74 receptions, 763 yards. That's a very, very solid campaign from tight end. If he repeats that, you're totally happy. Maybe gets a, t- a few more touchdowns. Um, but I don't hate him. I don't like his upside. Mm-hmm. Um now, I like maybe another time we need to discuss what we do with DeAndre Hopkins because that is a definitely a confusing that, situation. That's, that's going to be a confusing situation. Uh-huh. But I don't think we have time to discuss that now. Uh, if you want me to name one of the tight end, um, I mentioned him briefly earlier, is Irv Smith. He was an up-and-coming tight end for the Vikings. Uh, obviously, tore his meniscus last year, missed the entire year. Really, before that, um, and this was obviously with um, Dig- in sort of Diggs and Thielen's prime years, he was not very involved. He had only 30 receptions in 2020. Um, did have five touchdowns, so there's something to be said there. Um, but he was definitely just sort of slowly becoming more and more um, part of the offense, even with Kyle Rudolph still on the offense back back a few years ago when he was when he was coming. Um, if he's come off his injury well, and it sounds like he is, he's a full participant um, in many camp. I, I like him. He's a good athlete. They drafted him to be a receiving tight end. He's not the best blocker. He's more of a receiving guy. Um, and like we talked about with Jefferson, there's just really no other options. Adam Thielen's getting older. He, he's, Adam Thielen's obviously a good red zone target, so that's not, obviously not good for a tight end. But there's injury problems there. Um, I'd be surprised if Thielen makes it the entire 16 games, 17 games, excuse me. Um, Irv Smith, he, he's basically free. He's the tight end um, 20. So you- as a late-round tight end, if you um, – really, no matter who you get, even if you get one of those top guys – if there's just no like deep running backs or wide receivers there there at the end of the draft that you like, I love taking Flyer and Irv Smith. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't pick him as a starter. I, oh, I me. totally agree with you. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I'm fine picking him as a backup. If I'm going to pick a backup tight end, he's probably one of the best guys because he has the upside. Um, and, you know, it matters who I have, but, it, you know, who I have, you know, he's, he's a good flyer. If, I'm if I don't backup. get one of those top guy, five guys, if I get one of those top five guys, I'm a lot less inclined mm-hmm. to take a backup yes. tight end. If I take a flyer, um, you know, even if I take, like we said, Ertz, even up to Goddard, um, Hawkinson and Schultz, I feel a little bit more confident about. I don't think I need a backer with them. But pretty much anyone beyond that, Goddard, Ertz, Knox, um, in that tier, if you go beyond, like I said, if I take Komet, I would love to take Irv Smith at the end of the draft. In case those guys don't pan out, you're taking another flyer on someone who could potentially produce big numbers for you. Yeah, okay. Let's jump into one other thing before uh, we head out about fantasy football. And this is uh, one thing that I'm... I'm a little too on board with, and I want you uh, to to talk me out of it. Excited here. Rookie wide receivers. I'm into about eight of them. (laughs) (laughs) Every rookie wide receiver I'm interested in, from Garrett Wilson um, to uh, Trayvon Burks to Kristen Watson, a lot. I'll talk about more when we get along. Give me those three first, guys. I really like those three, and then I, I just really like a lot of them. Um, and you know, you know, those are the top guys that I really like out of the wide receivers. John Mechie, like I've talked about. Um, so those are four wide receivers right there. More, more to come later. But those four: Garrett Wilson, uh, like we st- we talked about before, Christian Watson, but Garrett Wilson, um, John Mechie, and uh, what was that last one I said? That jo- Jameson Williams. Jam- or was that what no. You said? But Jameson Williams, too, yeah. <laughs> Jameson Williams. Let's talk about those three, and then maybe I, uh, I'll remember the other one I said. Um, okay, let me just first say broadly. Um, in the past, rookie receivers have not been great for fantasy. They sort of take time to be in the offense. However, there's been sort of a trend in recent years where receivers just sort of being involved immediately. Um, so I'm... Definitely not against picking a rookie wide receiver. They can provide great value in your draft. Um, however, you know, I don't want to make this a rule. I don't want to say this is a rule in my drafts. I would try to avoid taking more than one rookie wide receiver in your draft. Because you're just putting too much weight into unknowns. Um, you know, I think you have a little bit more leeway. Like we said, if you get a guy like Jefferson, and then you have a guy like Keenan Allen, your wide receiver one and two, you are so locked and loaded, your wide receiver one and two, that it allows you to take some more liberties later in the draft. So maybe in that scenario, you can take two rookies. I don't love taking more than that because, yeah, it just it's a it's a big risk. Those rookies could be off your team in two weeks. Anyone could be off your team in two weeks in that area, but rookies especially are just so hard to bet. The other thing is it's July. I want to wait till training camp. We'll hear what they're saying. Some guys are going to be like these guys are disappointing. Um, or they're not recovered from injury. That's my big thing in that He's coming off an injury. So if in training camp, he's still not the full participant. For anyone that's a problem, for a rookie, it's even more of a problem. I'm definitely staying away from him. Same with Jamison Williams. If you're a rookie missing training camp, that is a big, big problem for me. I'm not um, sure. It's going to take him time to Met- get him James Williams will, but Mechie might not. If Mechie's even not a full participant, <clears throat> because it just takes receivers and or any rookies to get up to speed in the NFL. So... Ideally, if a rookie does it in training camp and preseason, you know, I know there was all this talk, Jamar Chase struggling in training camp preseason. Maybe it was true. Maybe it was just, you know, talk. But either way, he was there, and then by the time he got to the regular season, he was used to it, and he performed as soon as the season started. If you get a guy like Jamison Williams, 
he has to get up to speed in week three when he comes back to practice. And that's a problem for me. That's I'm not touching James Williams. It doesn't mean I'm off James Williams as a player. I think he can be a great player in the league. It means I'm off him for fantasy this year. I just don't think he's going to be producing for your fantasy team until even if he comes back in week three, which I think is is uh, hopeful or yeah, optimistic mm-hmm. would be the word um, that I was looking for. But okay. even if he does come back in week three, um, I don't think he's contributing until week eight to your fantasy team. Um, Nechi, I mean, I just, yeah, Garrett Wilson, he's on the Jets. That's about all I can say. Okay, so there are seven guys I like out of this rookie wide receiver game. You just kind of convinced me, Jameson Williams, I've never been that in on him. But the other six guys I, I'm in on, including Drake London for the years, for the Atlanta Falcons, who is the main wide receiver. You know, the questions are, does he take on, you know, is he able to play against top cornerbacks in the NFL? You know, John Mechie, like I said before, Garrett Wilson, uh, the Saints wide receiver, Chris Olave, um, and then, you know, Trayvon Brooks, one of my favorite ones, and, of course, Christian Watson. Those are six guys right there, not counting Jameson Williams, that are top in great positions, top players out of college. I, I, is there one guy you don't like out of that, not counting Jamison Williams? And, you know, Mechia, I guess, don't talk about him because you kind of talked about him. The other five? Well, let me start with Trayvon Burks because I, I, I'm, I'm really confused about him, to be honest. On the one hand, he's being brought in to replace A.J. Brown. On the other hand, he's being brought in to replace A.J. Brown. And here's what I mean by this. Is he's becoming the top receiver, right? He's, he's, gonna, he's come, brought in to be the guy. Um... They traded A.J. Brown. They drafted him with a first-round pick. It was first-round pick, correct? First-round pick. Yeah, they drafted him with a first-round pick. He's a talented guy. He's even built like A.J. Brown. He could just fully come in and replace him. He's going to get the targets to do it. On the other hand, A.J. Brown produced in fantasy with incredible efficiency. Pretty much no other receiver had the kind of efficiency he did. Because the tight ends, and this is with Derrick Henry healthy. I mean, even without him, they still were a running team. The offense runs through Derrick Henry, it runs through the ground, they're not going to throw the ball a ton. So, A.J. Brown was fantasy relevant because he was so good that he made himself a good fantasy game on six targets. So, if we're asking Trayvon Burks to produce like A.J. Brown, I think that's unrealistic. And oh, yes, but maybe he's but going to. Maybe he's going to. He doesn't need to produce that. Anymore. He doesn't need to, but I'm saying... I don't see him, you know, people are like, oh, he's just going to be the new A.J. Brown. He's going to replace A.J. Brown. He's I I not. Really I, I, see, I see pretty much no path unless he's just a complete superstar. He's as good as A.J. Brown right away, which, you know, it's not out AJ of the realm of possibility. It's possible. But unless he's just a complete superstar right away, I don't think just situation-wise is going to get him up to that level. Now, he's going to be the number, he could be the number one receiver. Now, the number one receiver in a Tennessee offense, if they're not named A.J. Brown, could be pretty irrelevant. It could be a wide receiver three flex range. That could be what we're looking at, Burks. That's Still a value fine. there. Still a value there. I just don't. I just want to temper expectations with him. That's all I'm saying. But if he's... I know. I'm not against picking him. I'm in on picking him. I'm off the, this guy's going to win you your league okay, type thing. but, you know, a, a flex guy could, you know... Uh, no, to definitely guy. a totally legitimate, reasonable pick. Um... Something. I think Drake London has a little bit more of that upside that, like, you know, could be off your team in two weeks, could be a top guy. Not sure he could be off your team if he's that number one pretty clearly lined up to be that number one. He's not, no, one's get, no one's handing him that position. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
there's not that many computers. But it's something I relate Trayvon Burks to. I, I don't know if anyone's gonna gonna be able to connect this. But ret- in Retroball, um, you know, a lo- the best way to do it is what's Retroball? You gotta fill me in here. Um, it's it's a football game. Uh, about it's just like animated. It's a it's a game kids play uh, around this age. Okay. Um, and basically, <laughs> basically the best way to play is there's like stars for players, and you pay the players. And what everyone does, the best way to do, you get rid of the player, you pick up the player that's the same as him, and you know you just use him, and it doesn't change anything. You pay him less because he's on a rookie contract. So you get the same player just on a rookie contract. Yeah, that's basically what the Titans are doing. <laughs> They're basically playing retro ball, but the only question is, are they getting the same player? Right. Probably not for the first year, but that doesn't, that's not what he needs to be, and that means Burks is going to be really good because he's given him a good situation, and he's a talented player. Um, so you talked about Drake London and, um, and um, Christian Watts, and we talked about some other guys. Um, the other two, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, the two Ohio State ones, this is the last thing we're going to talk about. These two guys, um, to, to end the podcast, um, Chris Olave for the New Orleans Saints to pair with, uh, Michael Thomas, um, you know, he's probably that second guy, and is Michael Thomas going to even be healthy is the question. Do they have that many targets? Jameson what's it, and then throws a lot of touchdowns and throws deep and gets a lot of people points. Um, yeah, I think that entire Saints offense has a lot of questions, right? Mm-hmm, for sure. So, I believe you're sort of, it's just, I, I almost just want to put a big question mark on the whole thing. I don't know what Michael Thomas is going to be like. I don't even know what Winston is going to be like with the new coach. Um, so I certainly don't know what Chris Olave is going to be like. Mm-hmm. I think the offense probably isn't going to be great. Now, I that doesn't mean the they're Saints, not going to score I points. I believe the Saints would be, make the playoffs um, and be a good team. Yeah, I'm not in on the Saints okay. this year, so so then that's where we're going to disagree. Yeah. Um, in terms of Garrett Wilson, yeah, he plays for the Jets. Maybe Zach Wilson's going to be better. He sucks. He sucked last year. Um, maybe he'll be better. Maybe the offense will be better. Um, they also have Elijah Moore, so it's not like he's the only guy there. Um, these are guys. Look, I'm not against taking a rookie flyer. I think. There's always one or two rookie wide receivers that are gonna come onto the scene and be maybe great. Six, maybe so you're seven. gonna try to hit, try to get whoever those are. Um, I'm not against taking a flyer on them. Um, I don't want to say I'm in on any of these guys yet. You know, I, I don't. Right now, the safest guy, and I, I was sort of tempering expectations for him, but the safest guy I think is Traylon Burks. He's got a good wide receiver. He's got a good quarterback. Um, he was a first round pick. He's got limited competition for targets. Um, he's sort of the best, safest option. There's definitely guys that have more upside than him, I think. Um, but right now, I can't really pinpoint one of those guys. Yeah, I think Garrett Wilson, I think you're a little down on the Jets as well. I think the Jets are, are getting a lot better. Uh, good running backs, you know. Good wide receivers, good QB. I I think Zach Wilson does improve this year. I think we saw some spurts of improvement more than Trevor Lawrence and some of the other uh, rookie guys. Well, I disagree. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to improve significantly. I, I agree too. I I like both those. Uh, Trevor Lawrence that last game I was impressed by. Uh, really helped my my support of uh, Steelers. But um, but um, I think that you know Garrett Wilson in the sense that he is being picked so late in his. Just a value, you know. He's just gonna be throwing the ball. They're gonna be down most. They have games. other guys though. 
wish him more, sure. But, you know, like, we'll be throwing the ball. That's for sure. We'll be given chances. And and they're going to get, get throw a lot. Like, I don't know. I just, like, I feel good about it. I got that feeling. And same with Chris Olave. They're going to throw the ball. And, you know, he's that second target. And Michael Thomas is injury prone, and we all know that. There, there's no denying that. There's chances he can get a role in the wide receiver one. Uh, similar to Trayvon Books, Drake London. Um, there's a lot of good wide receivers. And the one thing that I want to relate this to is a lot of mock drafts I've gone through. I like so many of these rookie guys. I end up with 34 of these wide receivers on my bench. Yeah, see, that's where I, I think is, you've gone too far. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've got to cut them, but I really do like them. No, I, I just think you're, t- you're taking too much risk there. Mm-hmm. You're taking too much risk, but who who is the best, really? You know, that's the question. It's too early to say. Yeah. Too early okay, to say. We'll see how this goes because that's definitely a, more talk about the rookies closer to the draft more. And of course, give you some more valuable fantasy football and have Zachary back on again and some other guys uh, another time. Um, but right after this, uh, a 10-minute recap, a 10-minute preview for the F1 race with uh, with my brother, Simon Marenstein, uh F1 uh, analyst. Um, so uh, we should see you after this break. Uh, thank you for watching, and uh, see you, Zachary. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We're going to turn this into a, a weekly show come uh, the season, so be sure to tune well, into that. Hopefully we can we can get some shows going uh, this offseason as well. Yeah, we'll give you some sort of preview, some, some you know, 30-minute like minute shows like this. Um, uh, leading up to that, but then come September, you'll be hearing a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll give you those fantasy. Um, thank you for uh, listening right after this break, um, and uh, thank you, and goodbye. Ooh, welcome back. My name is Kayla Marenstein, and we um, I joined after a uh, nice talk with Zachary with uh, my other brother, Simon. Talk F1. How are you doing? Nice to be here. Good. How are you? Good. Uh, let's just talk. Let's jump in um, to, let's talk about F uh F one like we've said before. Okay. Um, practice two we had um Carlos Sainz go one, Lewis Hamilton go two. The practice one we're not gonna highlight too much about because it was raining and you know the Red Bulls didn't go and there was I don't know if you want to talk about practice one a little and then we can jump into practice two. Yeah. Practice I one might have meant less. A lot going on in that Friday just because teams coming in with big new upgrades and. One, the biggest standout thing was things just did not go well for Red Bull on the Friday. I mean, the leading champions and Max way ahead in the drivers' championships, and it just did not not a good Friday for them. Not sure where they ended up, but they four and seven. In they didn't end up having good qualifying, one lap pace, and they were slightly off the pace qualifying to Ferrari. the The data seems to have them ahead in race pace, like it's been for most this year, but. Definitely a good shot for Ferrari to Ferrari to hopefully bounce back and get a win this weekend after going quite a bit without a win. And also, it, it does look like Carlos Sainz is showing a little more pace, at least in practice, these runs this week uh, compared to Charles Leclerc. But we'll see how that ends up this Saturday afternoon. Do you have any idea why there is a separation between the two Ferraris and why Sainz is ahead for one of the first times in this practice? Will that be will that be actually good information? Will that happen in qualifying, or is it nothing to look at? And why is it that Sainz uh, four police is ahead in in practice too? I mean, it's too hard to base too much off of uh, practice. I think Sainz is an extremely talented racer, and I think it's been surprising how far off he's been from Charles this year, and I think. Definitely, it looks a little worse just because he's gotten a little unlucky and also had some bad mistakes. But I think Signs can get back to that place, and if this is the start of that, then that'd be great. And but it's a little too early to tell and base too much off of practice. We all know Lewis is good in the rain. Um, you know he's always been 
he's good uh, for adversity. Um, so is there is that what do you believe he can get number one and qualifying because it's supposed to rain? I don't know. I will say this is Silverstone where Lewis has won eight times before his home Grand Prix. I think it looks like Mercedes is even a little closer this week to Ferrari and Red Bull, and they seem to be fastest in the uh, faster turns on the track, which there are quite a lot of those, as we know, Silverstone. But we'll have to see how qualifying goes. But, I mean, it definitely looks like an upward trend for Mercedes, especially Lewis Hamilton after his last podium in the last race. Um. Yeah, and... Uh, Carlos signs you have faith that he can win his first race here I wouldn't say I have faith I think still going into any weekend this season I think every single weekend Max Verstappen has to be the favorite I think there are always chances for other drivers to win but I think every single weekend Max Verstappen has to be the favorite just with his level of talent and that speed in the Red Bull car uh you want to give your predictions for the top three uh in the rain probably in qualifying it's a tough call I mean we saw with last week Fernando Alonso qualifying second in the rain. Rain could definitely mix things up. It's totally hard to predict. I mean, I'd love to see something surprising, but it it doesn't look like there's that great of a chance of raining, and it seems like it's stopping earlier. So if it's dry in Q3, which it looks like it will be as of now, I'd have to go with uh, Charles... Uh, signs for Stappen. I think Ferrari look like they have that qualifying pace this weekend and we'll just see if they can qualify well and hopefully figure out something in the race and hopefully come out with a win this weekend. You you put Leclerc ahead of Signs. You think that's just a smarter bet of how it's worked out and you know you wouldn't take too much out of the practice and put Signs ahead? I think Leclerc at this moment just might be the best qualifier on the grid so I think that's something hard that and I don't know if signs even even when signs is operating at his best if he's ever going to be able to beat Leclerc in a season in qualifying. I don't think that's something that you can expect from him. That's not to say he can't beat him in a season just based on what he did last year with being the more consistent racer and just always maximizing what he can in the race and just being a smart, consistent racer. And you wouldn't predict uh, Lewis to be in that top three. I would love for Lewis to be in the top three. I I think. He might pull out like a fourth or something ahead of Checo or an, an impressive qualifying from him. I'd love to see him in the top three at his home Grand Prix. That'd be pretty pretty awesome. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, as well as George's home Korean, um, Grand Prix. You know, a lot of them are from there as well. It's Lando who finished in third. So, you know, we'll see how they all go. Yeah. Of, of course, the two Mercedes. So I think they'll be rooting for Mercedes yeah. around there um, for sure. But, um. Is I don't know. Is there is there anyone you're not so sure about this race that you're a little think? Well, let, let me I don't know. Let me ask you a question actually about Gasly. In eighteen, he has not had a good season. Been back all in games. Um, but is he is he able to push up this uh, week and and somehow move up from where he is in eighteen in practice? I I don't think you can read that much into practice. Like yeah, that. I I don't think. Reading into the practice times of just where they end up on the one lap, I mean, who knows, Gasly might not have even done a one-lap qualifying run. Like, it's just hard to read too much into practice. I think Gasly's had a pretty fine season. He's been pretty unlucky at times, but I think he's still shown that he's still got the talent of what it takes to be in Formula 1. And I think recently extending his contract, I think Gasly's right up there with the best racers in Formula 1. 
And, uh, um, you said Leclerc's gonna qualify one. That means you think, believe he will finish one as well in the race? No, like I said earlier, I think every single race you have to go in expecting Max to win so this season. even if he ends up in third? Even win. if he ends up in third, I think it's a long race. I think Red Bull's shown that just that pace they have on the straights makes it so much easier for them to overtake some of these other teams and just that race pace they have with them putting less strain on their tires. I just... I, w- I, I would love to see a surprise victory. I'd love to see Leclerc make this championship a little closer, but we'll have to see. Yeah, um, anything else you would like to dive into? I will say the Mc- McLaren, uh, especially Lando Norris, looked fast this weekend. I mean, he I think he ended third in, uh, in one of the two. practice two. I mean, it's hard to expect for him to qualify third, but he has pulled out some magnificent qualifyings in his career. Uh, we'll see what he can do. They look fast. The Alpines with that that straight that that uh, speed they have on the straights are always going to be a threat, especially after Fernando Alonso's qualifying last week in the rain, or two weeks ago in the rain. I mean, it's hard to count either of those teams out. I think those top five teams, those are the teams you'll expect to make into Q three, but there could definitely always be some surprises with this season. We'll just have to see. Yep, of course, please check out uh, qualifying at four European time and ten Eastern time. Uh, five Israeli time, uh, four European time, ten Eastern time. Like I said, um, so yeah, thank you, Simon, uh, for visiting. Um, thank you for coming. Happy beer. Hope we get to talk after the race and see how my predictions ended up. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, right. uh, just come. Make sure to check out um the daily clap after this. We didn't have time to talk about NBA on this podcast, Zachary or Simon. So I will talk about that if you want to go look and and listen to some NBA talk. Uh after this on the daily clap. Um but of course, uh thank you and this was this was Marin Sports Talk signing off. See you until next time. Thank you very much.